Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It's Robin. Welcome back. All right. We are going to talk about something fun, nothing heavy, but fun today. We're talking about play and playing with your kids. Also not playing with your kids, letting them play on their own and independently. So I have a wonderful guest. She's also a fellow Canadian. So how could we not love her? Uh, Dr. Jody Lavos is here and wait till you hear what she has been up to and what she does. She's incredible. Like she's been a part of brands that we all know and love and willingly give our kids. So just let me tell you about her. So she is the chief learning officer at Begin. She has been designing early learning experiences for children and families and overseeing the development of curriculum for play to learn products for more than a decade. And she's worked with some of the world's best known ed tech, like I said, children's media, toy companies, including Leap Frog, VTech, KidCraft, Mattel, and Homer. She even has a column in Psychology Today, and it's called The Science of Play. So you can check her out there with her blog. And she's also a mom to an 11 year old and a 14 year old. So she's been there with her own kiddos. So I just want to welcome Dr. Jody Lavos. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Robin. It's definitely a pleasure. And I'm so excited um, about talking about play. It's definitely a passion of mine. So uh, yeah. let's jump in. Okay, let's jump in. Okay, so let's like ask the obvious question that, you know, we know, but maybe we don't really know about play. And that is really like, why do we care? Why is it so important that we have play? Yeah, play has been linked with so many really important um, child development and really life outcomes. We know that play is critical for supporting social emotional skills like emotional self-regulation, self-esteem and confidence, cognitive development. So things like 
the ability to express ourselves, um, solve problems, executive functioning skills, so inhibiting responses and following rules, as well as physical development, which is probably more obvious. Mm. So things like growth and fine motor skills. So play is incredibly important. Um, It's one of the primary ways in which young children explore the world around them Mm. and learn. And so um, play is just incredibly important. And yet I think not well understood. Yeah. And, and I, and so let me just sort of recap that, right. Social, emotional, cognitive, solving problems, executive functioning, physical gross and fine motor skills. And I think the most important thing that you said, and, and something that I love to talk about is that, that this is how our kids explore the world, how they make sense of the world. And if you really watch your little ones, and I remember this from when my guys were little, how they would replay things with their toys that had happened in real life. Right. And so oftentimes when a parent is struggling with getting understanding what's going on with their child. I will say to them, like, let's draw it out. Let's play it out. Let's play school and find out what's going on. Because the thing is, is that our kids are full of big emotions, full of curiosity and wonder, but they don't have the vocabulary, the, the, you know, to, to explain it. They don't necessarily know how to understand it. Right. So, and they don't know how to deal with it. Right. And so this play piece is really like the way to enter their world right where they are, right? Would would you agree? I would absolutely agree. I think you said it amazingly well. That is such a great window into their world. And most importantly, it's a safe space for them. When Mm -hmm. they're engaging in play, they are, for the most part, directing that experience. So even if you are asking questions or providing prompts, um, which is called guided play, and that's an incredibly Mm -hmm. important type of play, Um, the child is still directing that. And so you can learn a lot about how your child is feeling about a situation, Mm -hmm. what they might be nervous about, maybe um, something that happened at school that day that they've sort of brought home and they're internalizing it and they don't know how to communicate that to you. You may see elements of that come out in their play. And so um, really paying attention to their their body language, um, the vocabulary they might be using in that play moment or even the the way in which they've chosen to play can be a really good indicator to you as a parent of some of the things that are going on inside of your child. Yeah. So you really do want to kind of lead with some curiosity, just sort of like making note of what they do and what they say and how they play, you know, and to get that window into their lives. I think think it's really good to know that, right? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And I think Allowing children to have opportunities for really free play in which they're um, both initiating the play and directing it, as well as, you know, as I mentioned earlier, guided play in which as an adult, maybe we've created the play environment, maybe we want to support a certain learning goal or outcome, or we're asking questions, we're giving ideas to the child, Mm -hmm. both types of play um, are incredibly important. And as as we think about sort of a play diet, you know, for our family, thinking about different types of play and allowing our child to engage in those different types of play is really important as well. 
Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, kids are naturally wanting to play, you know, Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about play. We, we seldom have to force our child to do it. Now, sometimes we have to take them away from one thing they're enjoying and encourage them to go, you know, play in a different way. For example, you know, taking from screen time, which can also be playful. Um, but, you know, sometimes we want our child to have play that is uh, not screen time involved. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes as a parent, we need to sort of direct that type of play. But um, yeah, typically we don't have to encourage children to play. It's something that is quite innate, not just in humans, but in many other animal species as well, oh. um, which is another indicator of the fact that it seems to serve a really important purpose. Um, and yeah. play is, is important. It's not a luxury. Uh, yeah. It's a critical uh, need that we have. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and, you know, taking those screens away is really a good idea. I always tell parents like, don't like wait as long as humanly possible to give your kids a screen. You know, I know there are definite benefits. There's learning, you know, learning things like VTech and leapfrog and that sort of thing, but our kids are naturally curious and their imaginations are so wonderful. And some of the most fun they have is when they're making their own fun. Right. And we don't need to, we can let them have sort of that free play moment. So what do you say about that? Like, uh, what I, what I'm, what I'm sort of getting at is the, the self-directed play versus play with toys that have a very specific purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I look at it really as kind of a diet, right? Like we do well as humans when we sample from lots of different colors of food. Um, I think children also do well when we sample lots of different types of play, Free play, as you mentioned, especially when we are using toys that aren't overly contrived and they really allow the child to make up what that toy is, um, Mm. requires a lot of symbolic thinking. It requires a ton Mm. of creativity because they're really um, creating the context, the story that goes behind that. Um, And it it supports some social emotional skills that we've talked about earlier, really around self-empowerment and confidence. So mm-hmm. you definitely want to make sure kids are having access to that free unstructured play. Having mm-hmm. said that guided play experiences are also very important, particularly again, if we want to support learning outcomes. And there's been a lot of research to suggest that, you know, in preschools, for example, if the teachers really want to support foundational skills for getting ready for school, for example, rather than sort of talk to the child, there's ways to support those foundational skills through guided play. And guided play involves, again, the, the grown-up really setting up the play experience so that the child is making those connections and is mm-hmm. having those aha moments or opportunistically watching the child play and interjecting with questions or prompts. So an example mm-hmm. of that would be if a child is stacking blocks, um, if, the, if the adult sort of steps back and just lets the child drive the experience, that's free play. The child is engaging with those blocks however he or she wants. And that's great. Um, if the adult asks the child questions like, which block is bigger? Which block is the smallest block? Now that adult is helping to support informal mm. measurements and making mm. observations about the world. Or if the adult asks a question like, what do you think would happen if we take this block and we put it on top of this stack. Now mm. the child is starting to hypothesize um, and think about like really simple physics concepts, for example. And so there's ways to use those free play moments, but 
like deliberately interjecting with some questions mm -hmm. that are designed to really support those, those learning goals. Yeah, I love that. I remember us having these, um, they weren't blocks, but they were square cups and they all fit into each other and they were rainbow colors and they had numbers on them. So you could really use them in so many different ways. You could exactly. just let, like let your child play, but it was the yep. stack of toys that we would bring everywhere with us. Right. And yeah. I actually kept them so that, you know, maybe one day if I, you know, my kids have kids, you know, maybe those little ones can play with them, you know, out of my own yeah. nostalgia. But, sure. uh, you know, it was just like the perfect toy, you yeah, know, it, it's yeah. so fun. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's really important. The, that, that piece about asking them questions kind of, you know, like, you know, sort of challenging their brains a little bit. Yeah. Here's the thing though. So many times our kids want us to play with them. Right. And, yeah. you know, and I am picturing the scene where, you know, mommy is so tired and just needs a break. And, yes. you know, your little one is like, play with me, mommy, play with me, play with me, play with me. Right. Which I know happens so much. So yes. how do we, okay. How do we play? How do we play if it's not fun for us? <laughs> right. Right. So, so let's just start with those two questions. I have sure. many more, but like, sure. so what's the best way to play with them? Uh, yes. If there is a best way and what do yeah. we do if we're, we don't like it? Like I refuse to be the dog again in this, <laughs> right. in this thing that we play. Yes. It was fun the first right. time. And now I'm stuck with you wanting to, you know, <laughs> make me be a dog and all right. This, you know, all right. This and I've got dinner stuff. to make, or I've got, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, let, me, yeah. let me tackle the second one first, actually. Okay. I mean, listen, we don't always have to play with our child. We have many roles to play as a parent, but a full-time entertainer of our children is not one that we have mm. to play. That's not our job. And in fact, there's research to suggest that when our children are bored, it can have profound benefits. They have mm. to figure it out. They have to find something to do. They have to create a game or they have to create a story. They have to go problem solve. And so boredom is okay. <laughs> the other thing that's okay is it's okay for us as parents to model that setting boundaries is okay. Right. Great, like I, agree. I will play with you when the timer stops, right. Mm -hmm. Or I will play with you once dinner is all cleaned up. Um, and so setting boundaries and like modeling that behavior is also, um, is also great. So I just wanted to tackle that first one. We don't always have to play with our child. Um, but I think, you know, I think as parents, we, we recognize that we can have profound bonding moments when we do play with our child. And so that's Absolutely. your first question, right? It's like, how do we play with our child? There's no one right answer. I would say, let your child lead when they're really young before they even verbalize. There's probably not a lot of ways in which they're going to tell you whether you're doing it right or wrong. They're just delighting in your attention. Like making eye contact is delightful for infants. Mm. Um, getting down on their level is delightful for toddlers. Passing something back and forth over and over again, that is play. Like it seems so trivial, but that is playful for a toddler. Opening and closing a box like a hundred times is play. That's what they're doing. They're exploring the world and relationships through those simple interactions and just being there and engaging with them in that moment is play. Mm. Um, as they get a little older, they'll probably give you some feedback. I remember very clearly <laughs> uh, my older son wanting to play with his little action figures and he asked, mommy, can you play with me? So I got down on the floor 
and I grabbed some action figures and I was do 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 you know moving them around and he was yeah. like mommy you're doing it wrong yeah <laughs> I remember thinking I don't know what I'm doing I grew up in a family of like sisters and now I have two sons and I don't know how to play you know in this way but he gave me feedback I followed his lead I watched what he was doing and I realized in that moment that what was most important to him was that I was on the floor I was yeah. making an effort I was I was in his presence. I was interacting with him. I was letting him drive the experience. That's what mattered the most. It wasn't, you know, he's okay that I did it wrong. He felt comfortable giving me that feedback and we had a moment. So I think that's the most important thing. I think that's really sweet, but I think that that that's a good point that you bring up too, right? I'm the same as you. I grew up with a sister and I've got two boys and I was like, Oh, you know, I never really cared about superheroes. I never cared about, you know, cars and trucks and diggers. And like, that was all the rage when they were little, right, like, right. we, they would lose it when they saw, you know, a construction site. Of course. <laughs> just like, it was like, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable, but what, what you're saying is, is that when we just get down and we're present with our kids, that's really what they're craving. And really when we look at the needs of our kids, we are ticking so many boxes by being with them. We're giving them attention, which they absolutely need, right? We're we're growing connection. Mm -hmm. We are, we can give affection. We can give appreciation as well during that playtime. And it just really does build a relationship with them and shows that they are loved and lovable, right. And they're worthy of our time. And I would say to parents too, you know, it's a great idea for you to put your phone away and really be there with your kids, right. Just allow yourself to just be. And I know that can be hard when there's a million other things going through your mind. And, you know, this is something that I, that I talk about with working parents specifically, but this is for any parent. And that is that if you're down on the floor with your kids and your mind starts to wander a little bit, you know, have a pad of paper with you and just jot down what you're thinking. So you can just purge it out of your brain and then reconnect with your kids. That's right. right? That's right. The last thing I want my kids to remember about me is me holding this rectangle in front of my face, right? Like that is the last image I would want them to have of of them interacting with me. I really want them to remember that I made eye eye contact. I put things away. I spent that time. Again, it doesn't have to be our full-time job. It shouldn't be our full-time job. There are times and places in which we um, can say no, right? We can model Mm -hmm. that that choice um, behavior for our kids. But when we are choosing to interact with our child, giving them our full attention and helping them understand that time is the biggest gift any of us can Mm -hmm. give to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a, it's a really important life lesson. I like that time is the biggest gift we it's can the give anybody. Gift. It's the only thing we can't make more of. Right. And so That's when right. you give somebody your time, that is the best thing you can give them. So why not make it undivided time and, and really for your full attention. You will never regret spending time regret with your that. kids. Exactly. Never, never, yeah. never, never. No, it's, it's, uh, it's really everything. Right. So I love it. Um, okay. So we we're, we're also here partly because we want to talk about beginlearning.co. Uh, and that's what we, you know, in your, in your bio, you're the chief learning officer at begin. So tell, tell me what begin is all about. Yeah. Begin is all about really providing the best early start for, for children, um, roughly zero to 10, Um, And what makes BEGIN so exciting is that we really think about the whole child. So while we are supporting 
early learning skills, we're also thinking about that very expansively. So social emotional development, physical development, global citizenship and coding. Um, and so we really brought together a very wide uh, curriculum that supports that whole child, as well as thinking about how do we deliver experiences in the, in the most effective and impactful method. And so we have physical toys and physical products. You know, there's something about kids getting their hands on and manipulating things that are so important. We offer classes and tutoring um, so that kids mm -hmm. can sample a vast array of things that maybe they, they don't get to experience in the classroom or in daycare or at home, like dance lessons or music or chess. Um, and then of course we have digital interactive content as well, which is playful. Um, that is designed to support, you know, really important outcomes like computational thinking or getting ready for school or learning how to read. So, um, so it's really exciting um, in that we have, again, a wide range of skills, a wide range of ways to serve families and to serve children through play. Okay. So that's, that's, Awesome. And, um, and so on your website here, you've got subscription boxes, you've got, the, you've got code spark Academy. And so kids can learn how to code and that sort of thing. So, so, so this is great. And so they can find everything on beginlearning.co and you've, you've got some other brands involved as well, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we, uh, we started um, as, a, as a learn to read digital app. Uh, we had Speakaboos, which is love to read and Homer, which is learn to read. We've grown. And so Begin is sort of our new um, overall name. But as you mentioned, we've got CodeSpark, which is all about computational thinking and coding for kids as young as kindergarten, maybe even preschool, um, which is fascinating, right? Like that is an example of something that 15 years ago, coding was something you, you learned in college, but they've really cracked the, the, the nut on how to expose children to the fundamental ideas behind computational thinking in a way that's super fun and sticky, but developmentally appropriate. Um, and then we have little passports, which is a, a line of subscription, multiple lines of subscription boxes that come to your house every month and, and cover things like exploring the world around you, early science concepts and animals, which is very exciting, um, as well as kid paths, which are classes. Um, and then of course, um, Homer Learn and Grow, which is really all about learning to read and, and getting ready for school and for life. So, okay. So th that also is wonderful. Now you mentioned classes and that sort of thing. So is that done in person? Is that over Zoom? It's is that? Both. Yeah. Okay. Great class. We have um, in person, um, mainly in the New York area. Okay. Um, although okay. we're expanding out to different markets um, and then virtual classes and virtual tutoring as well. And so that's okay. something that we definitely saw a huge need for yeah. during the pandemic when, you know, mm -hmm. much of the world was shut down, but we really don't see that going away. I think parents are starting to appreciate the um, convenience of having that support, that one-on-one -on -one support or those small group classes um, through their screen. Um, and we know but there are definitely best practices and ways of keeping kids super engaged and supporting mm -hmm. those, those really um, acute needs and learning goals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Well, thank you for what you're doing with that. I mean, look, as parents, we do need all the help we can get. We need ideas. We need things that do help us because we just can't think of all the things, right? So, okay. so having those kind of subscription boxes, I love so that you, you do have, you know, uh, 
kind of like a, an objective, right? It's like, exactly. okay, we've got all these things. Here's your mission. Should you choose to accept it? Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. And some of that is designed for the child to really use independently, which again is sometimes really important and has profound benefits. And some of it's designed very thoughtfully to involve the parent because we do know it's important to play with our child. And we do know that when children and parents engage together, often called co-play, um, that the learning is even enhanced even more. Um, and mm -hmm. so when we have the opportunity and we have the ideas given to us, I think it just takes that cognitive load on the parents yeah. um, side down significantly. The other thing I would say is we also have um, a ton of play kits and printables that are free for parents. So I yeah. would encourage you to check that out um, and, your, and your listeners to check that out as well, because um, it's great to, again, have ideas, especially for the summer. We want to keep our kids learning yeah. and engaged during the summer months. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so true. It's, it's so good. And, and here's the thing that I don't want anyone to lose the point of is that playing is fun. It's yes. fun for us too. Like yes. we just get to let go and yes. be silly. And oftentimes, you know, and I kind of alluded to this before that play is the answer, right? So play is the answer if you want to figure out what's going on with your child, but also if they say no to something and you expect them to do something, you could be silly instead of serious. Yeah. You can say, oh, you, you, you didn't just say no. And then you go into a tickle fight or, exactly. you know, um, you can take a child that is really resistant to having baths and create an underwater world or Epic a safari. Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could do all of these things and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Right. It just, it just is imagination, right? You can bring yeah. your, a speaker in and have jungle sounds or, right. you know, different things. And like, let's play, let's bring toys, you know, where we are, yeah. you know, all of that stuff, right. We can really, if we're tuned into play can really create a lot of wins for us and our kids through play. So I am such a, a fan of this and I am naturally sort of silly and, you know, I get that from my dad for sure. And so, you know, now I'm embarrassing, but that's okay. That's our job too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that, Robin. Listen, I mean, there's a lot of heaviness in the world. So modeling the fact that it's, it's not only okay, but it's like so important that we play and not just as children, but as adults, the opposite of play is not work, right? The opposite of play is sadness, it's depression, yeah. like play is critically important to humans. And like I said, other animals as well. And so um, yeah. modeling play and time for play um, is a big gift that we can give our kids um, that, that will last a lifetime. Yeah, I, I, I love it. And you're right. It is so heavy. So doesn't that just speak to how much more we need to play because we're Agreed. probably not playing as much as we could Agreed. or. Well, there's research behind that rather than like, there's some researchers who have estimated that children have lost about 12 hours a week of play really? compared to mm -hmm. several, several decades ago, 12 hours a week. Um, and that has lots of different factors attributing to that number. Um, some of which is the increased pressure in schools towards yeah. testing. So we're cutting play out of the school day. Um, some of it has to do with safety, right? Some neighborhoods just aren't as safe as maybe when we grew up to just go outside and play where there's a perceived safety issue. It's not real. Um, sometimes it has to do with the increased um, busyness in our schedules and organized sports and music lessons and all of those things right. that we pile right. onto our plate that has really squeezed play out. Um, as well as different types of play, spending more time on screens, watching linear content, 
um, we know that like interactive content, for example, can be still very playful um, and have great outcomes, but we're spending a lot of time doing different things now and play has been dramatically reduced. And so mm. um, thinking about play as something that's critical for our child's yeah. development, thinking about yeah. play as something that's like a diet, we should have lots of different types of play, thinking yeah. about ways to incorporate play very organically, like you gave a great bathtub example. Um, <laughs> those are all things that I think are important as parents. Yeah. Well, and, and when you, when you brought that up about school, you know, the worst thing we can do is take recess away or punish a child by not letting them play, right? right. Our kids right. need to be out. They need to play. They need that free time and let's not use play as something that it can also be a punishment and have that taken away. Right. 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 And I yeah. think that's, again, just like flipping that mindset from like yeah. play being a nice to have to play being critical. Like we don't take critical. away water. We don't take away food. We don't take away oxygen. Like we shouldn't take away play um, is sort of where I'm coming from. Um, play yeah. is critical. And yeah. so um, critical and beneficial, right? So why would we want to remove something that's so beneficial and so impactful? Yeah, you know, in fact, in, in, my, in my practice and in, in my work, uh, you know, the way I was trained, we were, we were taught eight core needs of a child, but I actually include a ninth, which is play. Because it is that essential. And, and, you know, modeling is important too. Like I make sure that my kids see my husband and I laughing and having yeah. fun too, yeah. you know, that we are silly and, you know, that we can laugh. And then we also recognize, you know, because our teenagers can be, you know, a little moody and all that kind of stuff, which is fine. But like just last night, my son did something, um, and he, and, and instead of getting defensive, which is usually his sort of go-to, he just laughed with us. And I said, Hey, bud, that, well, I'm so glad you laughed with us. Thank yeah. you for laughing with yeah, us. Cause we already sort of did a whole thing around it. And yeah. we were like, you know, and it was just like, so fun. And that like, the thing is, is that that's what it feels like to be a parent. That's what I always dreamed of. And I know so many parents dream of when you think of you and your family, and you're fast forwarding, fast forwarding into the future. You're thinking of a time where you're connecting, where you're enjoying each other's company, where you're having fun. That's so right. let's not forget that fun is crucial, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. And there's such a, a wide range of what's fun and what's playful. Um, yeah. and, and having your kids see you do something that's play for you is also right. important. And, and for me, like what's playful, maybe doesn't seem overtly playful, but I love endurance sports. Like that is so fun mm. for me. That is what I do for downtime and for, for my time and for fun. And now that's something my kids are starting to engage in and we can share together. So we can start, we can go on runs together or bike rides. And that is, that's our playtime. And so playtime yeah. doesn't always have to look like a board game per se, or right. um, like a water balloon fight. Play can be many, many different things. And and so I would just invite, you know, your listeners to think about like, what is their playtime as a parent? What feels playful for them as an adult? Are they showing that mm. and showing that, you know, showing up with that for their kids as well? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a good point because not everybody can play the same okay. way. Like our family does not play board games. We are the worst at it right? We, we have one child that is so uncomfortable playing and losing and we've, we've tried, we've tried, we've tried. And yeah. then we just said, no, you know what? This is not, this is not, not for us. That's this great. is 
just not for us. And, and I think that there's an expectation there was for me an expectation, like we were going to have board game nights and we do have to let that go sometimes too. Right. Yeah. Uh, Of course. Play is massively expansive. And so we, we, we can, we can allow ourselves to get out of that preconceived notion of what play looks like for our kids, for ourselves. And really think like, what brings you joy in, in yeah. what are you doing when you sort of feel a sense of flow, like where you're losing sense of time, um, yeah. where you can really feel connected to each other. Um, yeah. And so those are things that maybe that's, maybe that's what play is for your family. Yeah. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's hiking. Maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's a water balloon fight. I don't know what uh, it is. You read my mind. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything. Absolutely. And, and let's also just remember to keep fun in sports and not take them too seriously too, because that is, and I've talked about that many times on the show. I've had a a few people on talking about it and like, we just also need to not ruin our kids' sports because we are too serious. I Mm. agree. Sports um, at their heart should be about play. They're playing a game, right? And so um, instilling a sense of, of inherent fun and joy. Um, and that's really what's going to keep kids in the sport long-term. If we really want our kids to be active and, you know, have activities that they love, we have to make it fun. If we take the, if we make it too serious, they're going to, unfortunately, we see this in the stats, they're going to drop out. Um, and that's no one's benefit. Okay, so we have something really special in the parent toolbox, which uh, is straight from your site, but we've got something special in the toolbox. So we've got some activity pages that you're giving parents to, and I'll, I'll sort of pass it to you to tell us what, what those are about. Yeah, sure. So we, we have activity pages that you can print um, that will keep your kids engaged and um, hopefully learning over the summer and they might be things like coloring pages, uh, word searches. We've got a whole range of activity pages. So those should be super fun for you um, and your child. And that's great. Like, that's why I called it the parent toolbox. Cause we need lots of different tools exactly. you know, because our kids can get bored and we cool. need to, we need to have a plan or at least something up our sleeve, exactly. right? So these this are the is, perfect kinds of things. This is perfect. Bring it to a restaurant while you're waiting for the food to come. Yes. Um, this is something they can do while you're, you know, folding laundry if they're not helping you. So lots of, lots of right. uh, times and places. That's right. Okay. I just have to say one thing. So, uh, I've been on your site and I've looked at these subscription boxes, which I just love the idea of a subscription box because I have a couple of subscriptions myself and I'm like, when is it coming? When is it coming? I get so excited about it. Right. And then when it does come, you get that sort of burst of dopamine and I guess it's all exciting, whatever. Anyway, you've got the subscription boxes, but what we didn't talk about is that they're really quite affordable. They're like from 25 to $27. And there is the cutest picture on your site of a little girl who's got hand stamp. No, they're stamps, right? Or, or they're little paws. Yeah. Yeah. It's for, it's for our brand new line of um, animals gone wild, which is such a fabulous way for kids to explore the world. We know kids are obsessed with animals. Yeah. And these kids are actually they're a great example of guided play in the sense that they have been deliberately crafted um, to support the exploration of the world around us and animals, right? But kids will get to dive in. They can direct the play. Most of the activities, if not all of them, depending on the age of your child, they can do independently. You can play together. There's also gameplay that's built in. So yeah, and it comes to your house. It doesn't get easier than that. 
Yeah, I love that. And I just, I just cannot get over the fact that you can put those little things yeah. on your hands and walk around and leave tracks instead yeah. of, you know, I mean, come on. I, 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 I clearly um, want it for myself. If you I, think, I think you do. I think you do. I think we should send you one. Yeah, I think, I think I need that. And then I'll, I'll, you know, you could do it in the snow. You could do it in the sand. I've I've got all the ideas. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and really for the work you're doing to not only help our kids play, but also educate them at the same time and help us as parents with some ideas because we do need some help in the play department. And I think it's just such a refreshing reminder that we can have fun. We can play. And it's good for us and it's good for our kids. And it just brings us together. And this is what we want. This is, this, this feels good. So totally agree, Robin. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you for the great questions and the conversation about play. I mean, there's very few things more important than that. Um, And like you said, as a parent, looking back, that's, that's the legacy we want to leave for our kids, right? Is that attachment that we've developed in those moments. We remember moments, not days, right? So um, and those moments usually come through play. They come through the spontaneous moments. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and care.